0: Because I've been on I think we're live, guys. Yep, I've just hit live. Oh, so live. I have hit live, and there's, it's a bit of a scrappy start. Um, look, hello, everybody. And before we, we get deep into E3 stuff, I want to do what those classy fellows have been doing at E3 because it's important that we acknowledge the tragedy, I think, in Orlando that happened at the weekend. And it's definitely been a really dark cloud that's been hanging over um, everything that's been coming out at E3 over the last few days. And it's uh, a terrible tragedy. And I just want to point out that, you know, you know, while we're thousands of miles away, um, we aren't that far away. For example, I have a really close friend who knew somebody who was killed in that nightclub um, oh. at the weekend. It, it literally does touch everyone. What happened, and it is disgusting and appalling. And it's great to see the levels of solidarity that have come out of this. Uh, you know, not just e three. Around the globe, uh, any any decent person can admit that this is a disgusting, awful tragedy. And I just wanted to touch upon that at the start of the podcast uh, because, you know, while we're a gaming podcast, we're at, you know we've always been kind of aware of you know the things going on in the globe and the wider issues, haven't we? So I think well, it's important. We are human beings. I think that's the thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you guys want to say anything,
1: go for it. I, I was going to say uh, I'm glad you mentioned it because I wasn't sure whether it was something we were going to cover and it did make for me because I watched a lot of the E3 stuff live and it was a kind of strange experience with that news starting to come through on the, the Saturday morning and then uh, some of the sort of you know presentations and stuff you are watching a lot of kind of Male power fantasies full of guns, and it just kind of, it did sit slightly oddly, and it made for a slightly weird experience, so I think it's good to address that, because it certainly was something that was in my thoughts as I was watching a lot of this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I felt kind of sorry for EA, in a way, you know, that first conference on Sunday, and they opened up with Titanfall 2, which involves a lot of dudes shooting people in the face, Um, and, and you're like watching this going, hmm... You know what? I I never make that connection.
2: I don't know whether that's me being callous or insensitive, but I just don't see them as connected things at all. And a part of me thinks that when there's a tragic event like that, when there's some sort of terrorist um, atrocity, that my natural reaction is to rail against that and kind of block it out. And I, I, I think if you are preoccupied with these events and what they mean for the rest of your life then that's kind of what the terrorists want, isn't it? So I I don't know. It's a fine line between ignoring what's happened, which feels awful, but not letting it affect our everyday lives. Because we should be able to move on from awful people that do awful things and kind of not let them into our psyche in a way.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it's important mm. to acknowledge it, uh, and and I think uh, I was watching uh, last week tonight with John Oliver um, at some point between all these conferences over the last couple of days, uh, and he acknowledged it at the top of his show. But what he he focused on was the hundreds and hundreds of people queued up at yeah. blood banks in Florida trying to mm. donate blood, you know, and that side of it. There's the the, the positive side of humanity, uh, yeah. not one psychopaths side of humanity. That's not the majority, and I, and that's it. Unless you guys want to say anything else, I think we no. should, you know. Leave it and and get into the and get into the conference because we've got holy shit we've got a lot to talk about so mm. let's let's do a quick change of gears and move into gaming and we're gonna basically from about I think it was about a week before E3 this, the announcements started to happen and we're gonna we're gonna run down them and then we're gonna go through the conferences uh, and if you guys remember any of the predictions we made at the in the predictions podcast because I don't but if you remember any and if they come up in the podcast <laughs> as we go um, by all means shout them out I have not had a lot of sleep in the last few uh, few days, and I'm feeling it a bit today, so my memory isn't the best, um, <laughs> so let's just see what comes up, so let's, um, I'm just going to okay. call it right now, I predicted all of this shit, everything, everything <laughs> <happen>. <laughs> I'm not going to deny it, tell it's me I'm wrong, win. Should we do before we get into though? Should we do our we, we need to show off our T-shirts for the day because that seems to be a thing we do at uh, bits, bits and bobs. <laughs> so on, it's Adam, not with Adam. Adam. So I'm wearing a black t-shirt. t-shirt.
1: It's just a normal black T-shirt that is just black and it is a T-shirt and it is normal. That's that's good. What rich
2: kids? What T-shirt have you got? Adam's playing the post-game uh, unfinished Swan T-shirts.
1: Yeah, why not?
0: I've got my new banjo kazooie T-shirt, new this week. Very nice. And and I thought in uh, it's my most E3 2016 related T-shirt. I decided to to get out the old the old Watch Dogs one T-shirt here, which is as as close as to uh, Watch Dogs two as I could get, though far less funky. But we'll talk about that, I'm sure, as we as we get along. All right. So the first thing that sort of happened in the last week and a half, two weeks. Uh, was Microsoft announced and then brought out for preview members the new dashboard uh, update, which I've been uh, using. It's buggy, like, even by their standards, it's buggy. The store is broken. I can't purchase anything on the Xbox. I can't play certain games half the time. For a while, though, I couldn't play any Blu-ray player movies at all because the app didn't recognize that it existed on my console. And these were all common issues, not just like specific to mine. So you know that's the nature of the, of this uh, of being in that program. You you know swings and roundabouts. On the other hand, they've vastly improved the My Games and App section, and I can now actually look at all my games and browse through them in a far more user friendly sort of experience than it was before. So that's nice to see. Um, Richard, are you in it? I can't. You said you got invited, but you didn't. I am it. in it. You are in it. You are. In it. No, you've
2: made that up. That's your sleep talking. Um, yes, great. I am in it. And my initial impression was, same as you, store is great.
0: Cortana, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, you have to basically reteach yourself how to actually communicate with the Xbox, which is a bit... Well, it doesn't work. Oh, and that as well. Yeah, it doesn't
2: work. You know, a lot of people would say Kinect never worked, but, you know, in my experience, I've I've been using voice commands on Kinect since Xbox One launched without any real issues. Um, I think the reliability was down to the limited... List of commands that it was able to use that worked pretty well. Now Cortana can hear anything that you say, and it seems to dilute the uh, the accuracy of what you're actually trying to get to. A lot of it just doesn't work. I've, ne- I've not yet been able to turn my Xbox off successfully.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a common fault that seems to be for everybody. It doesn't. Yeah, turning it off doesn't work basically at all. Yeah.
2: But the most annoying thing is that because I've got a Windows Phone, that listens to me more than the Xbox does. So I get, constantly get messages on my phone saying, Xbox, turn
0: off. No, you aren't an Xbox phone. Don't to that. <laughs> I had it the other day because I've, I've been on the laptops so much, obviously, with uh, with the conferences. I, I usually put it in sleep mode or, or turn it off or something, but I had it left it on, and I was trying to talk to the Xbox, and I could hear, yeah, I could hear in the background in the other room my laptop responding <laughs> to, to my commands, and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, so I, I'm not sure it's the best solution yet, but yeah, it's incredibly buggy, and like I said, this new store layout is nice, but the fact that none of it works, like you can't buy things is a fairly important aspect of a store that currently isn't, you know, what it should be at so yeah not, not hmm. at I'm not, not sure the, is
2: that the update though because they did have store problems last week, week before, uh, no no that's the update the yeah i mean week.
0: i'm i'm a regular user of the update forums and everybody's having lots and lots and lots of problems because i try i actually try and leave feedback and actually do the beta tester thing because i figure if i'm going to you know put myself through this i might as well try and help others a bit um and yeah it's a it's a common yeah. common common problem right but that's quack-
2: no, the quests on the... Um, yeah know, What's it called? like a uh, beta the, access. the
0: preview app. Response. Yeah, the preview app.
2: I'll do, I've done the quests in there, but not the forum stuff so much.
0: <laughs> That's fair enough. Let's move on. So Persona 5 got a US launch date, and everybody got really excited, and I felt like I had to point out that with a game like this, that US launch date doesn't mean we're going to get it in Europe at the same time due to the mm-hmm. amount of... Localization that's required for the European market, so they have to make it in French and German and Spanish, and, well, they'll do Spanish for the US as well. So, uh, yeah, we won't be getting it, I don't think, it's on that date, which is February the 14th. I would expect another couple of months for us, but I really want to play that game. It's probably the only JRPG series I really enjoy. We'll uh, get it early if Brexit happens, alright? <laughs> well, I, I suppose that's that is... possible.
1: I suppose. Like, <laughs> Do you know, I, I wouldn't like to predict, but knowing how European publishing works, it's possible that Brexit would mean we'd get games even later. <laughs> yeah. or, or, or
0: we'd pay more for them. It could get complicated. I suspect we would pay more for them. I, have a, I suspect we'll pay more for a lot of things. But, yeah. But let's mm. save that for the Brexit <laughs> podcast coming later on in the month. No, yeah. Yeah. Save that for the Brexit podcast. Um, but, I mean, that's that's not a lot of news. That's a little, a little thing. It's a little announcement. I know there's a lot of excitement over those games. So I'm really eager to play it. I think it looks like their, their visual design are, is just the best. So am I the only one that has a, a big love for Persona?
2: I like Persona 4, but it's so huge and impenetrable. Um, I have to say it's been sat on my Vita for probably the last... How old is it? Probably a couple of years old, isn't it now? It's
0: been out a while, yeah.
2: Yeah, so probably 18 months I've not touched it, and it's one of those that I want to go back to, and secretly know I never will. So probably won't try Persona 5, sadly. Um, you need to have a lot of time for that game, although it looks like it would be worth it if you had the time.
1: Adam, uh, I claim hyper nerd points because my JRPG of choice is the Disgaea series.
3: Um,
0: <laughs> so Persona is far too lightweight for my tastes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you into more into those JRPGs where you can, like, fondle people? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not so much those. Have you ever played a disguise a game? They I know are, the name,
0: uh, but no, I've never played one, I don't think. No.
1: So, just to give you a flavour of it, to, you have um, a, a sort of story quest that you go through, but along the way you can enter a secret random dungeon inside every item in the game. There are 100 levels to this dungeon, and each level you complete levels up the item by one point. And within those dungeons, you can find additional special secret items that contain 100-level dungeons in their own right. And it's just the most insanely infinite game. I played Disgaea 2 for, I think, 600 hours, and at that point I was about <laughs> halfway through the main quest <laughs> Jesus Christ. They are the most bottomless game ever imaginable. They're just
0: insanity. That, that, okay. Value so, for yeah. money, then. Very oh, good yes. value for money, yes, very good. Um, a bit of news I was excited about and Adam I know you've played this game already but uh, I don't have a PC Mm -hmm. good enough so I'm looking forward to this but in September XCOM 2 is coming to consoles, so that's pretty cool I'm really looking forward to that I hope they've fixed the bugs it
1: has because on the PC I think they really got away with murder with it, Um, considering like Fallout 4 got a bit of a lambasting for being full of bugs, oh my god XCOM 2 was worse XCOM 2 had some serious problems at launch Uh, I'd imagine they're mostly fixed now but let's hope
0: Fingers crossed, yeah. I mean, um, one thing I noticed is I, I haven't got who it is in front of me, but I noticed that they um, they go into a port house for it, rather ah, rather right, right, internally. And I know with the original X it was all done. I think it was all done internal. Yeah, uh, I think that's um, right. So that I mean that can be better. It can be worse. I mean, it means it means the port house probably has more time to spend on the port, um, but at the same time they may not be as good as for Axis. So. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what comes out of that. Um, but I know the. Um, I think the original XCOM is in Games with Gold, starting this coming week on Xbox uh, and backwards compatible as well. So I'm quite looking forward to playing that game on the console. But I will miss not it, the thing that never came out was the um, the expansion never came out for mm. it. So um, it's a shame because it's a really good expansion actually. It is a phenomenal great. expansion, and
1: obviously, I mean, uh, Winged about bugs aside, XCOM 2 is an incredible game. So yes, everyone look forward to that.
0: I'm definitely cool. I am very excited. Uh, in more announcement news that happened before E3, Agents of Mayhem was announced. Uh, the Saints Row guys, De- I want to say Deep Silver, does that sound right? Volition, Deep Silver, those guys? Deep Silver are the Dead Island guys, aren't they? Yeah, they're the publisher. Yeah. But I'm just trying to remember who, oh, right. uh, who actually develops Saints Row games. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Uh, yes, Volition. It is Volition, isn't it? I yeah. was right, yes. Yeah. So this looks like... Um, well, I'm not sure. This almost looks like a sequel to Saints Row, because there's a massive nod to Saints Row at the end of the game. Uh, end of the trailer, I should say. Um, so it kind of makes me think that the universes will be connected, but at the same time, it seems more like a, a cartoony, comic book sort of actiony y teen game. Um, a little bit sort of different to Saints Row. Moving away from the gang, sort of uh, criminal, that sort of thing. Uh, attitudes and moving towards this sort of superhero. It's all set in um, South Korea. Um which is interesting as well, as settings go. Um, It looked looked pretty cool, though, the trailer. Very nicely animated. Anyway.
1: I mean, to be fair, the Saints Row games have been getting increasingly more ludicrous as they go through. I think the last Mm -hmm. one had you playing as the President of the United States of America fighting aliens. So, yeah, comic book seems a good place for that to land.
0: I think I've just, had to, to I've just had to mute Richard, because he's, he's had to leave to answer the phone, as is the nature of live broadcasts. <laughs> uh, poor Richard always seems to have a million things to do when he comes, tries to sit down to do, he does, do yeah. one of these. But yeah, ages of Mayhem, I think that looks, that looks pretty cool. I mean, like you said, they, they've got more and more crazy in and out there with the, the Saints Row games in, um, in recent years. Oh, he's back. I'm going to unmute him before he starts trying to talk, because that will really confuse him. Uh, you are now... Oh, no, I don't know how to unmute him. <laughs> so you know how to mute, but not to unmute. No, this there's is... no button to unmute him. This, this is, is very bad. Great power comes great responsibility, I think I'll find. Oh,
1: there I've, we go. I've got the button.
0: You've got a button. So I can I'm mute funny. you, but I can't unmute you? That's confusing. <laughs> uh, I, don't know, I don't know what that means. It's strange strange power I have in my hands there. Or well, lack of. Uh, anyway, just saying, say Troy 4... Um, got very sort of yeah, all those powers you got flying around because you'd be like in the Matrix and able to bend reality and and all of that stuff. So you know, it's early days, no gameplay yet, but exciting uh, to see what comes from that. After that, we got Injustice Two announced, and then we following that we got a gameplay trailer as well. Um, <laughs> I was a bit, I mean, I'm not a big DC guy anyway, but I was watching that and I was like, this is this is cool. Um, but I was the, the, the visual design bug, bugged me, all the armor upon armor and all that stuff, and they have explained that as a gameplay mechanic, you're going to be basically getting loot drops um, after each match, which gives you like tech and gear which you'll be able to use to upgrade and customize your version of Batman, your version of Superman, etc, etc, etc. Which makes you wonder how balancing is going to work in a fighting game such as that, when you're going to be able to customize to that level. So I don't know if either of you guys have played the first Injustice or give a crap about no. Netherrealm fighting well, I've games. Played it way. briefly.
2: Um, it was quite cheap on PS4, I think, around release time. So I picked it up and mm. had a quick go. Never really got into it. So there was something about the visual design of that as well. It just never felt quite authentic. And from how you're describing too, it just feel. It sounds like uh, you know when He-Man figures started to run their course. And they started bringing out battle armor He-Man and just any old bollocks that. <laughs> on regular He-Man, just to sell a new one. I don't know. It just doesn't seem right that superheroes would be laden with you know, layers and layers of armor. Sounds odd.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you saw I mean, Superman putting armor on, I was like, yeah. well, that, that seems unnecessary, um, other than as a visual gimmick. Um, but, I mean, you know, the, the first game, it was a decent enough fighter. I mean, never know what they're doing. They make, you know, the Mortal Kombat games of late have been very, very good. Um, you know, and it's got a a pretty deep roster, I have to say. Looking at that gameplay trailer, it starts off with Atrocious, the the main Red Lantern, coming out, with his sidekick, Deckstar, which is a Red Lantern cat. Uh, I kid you not, it's a house cat, filled with rage, and vomits uh, evil Red Lantern blood on people. Um, so that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, will he have his own little set of armour. I'm, I'm excited to find out. But like I said, I mean for me, it's how they're going to deal with the balancing issue, with like loot drops and customizing and stuff like that, how that will work. Curious to see what they do. Curious to see. Um, and then shortly following that, we got Watch Dogs 2 officially announced just prior to E3 when they did their own little stream and unveiled lots of information and stuff about the new game. And I'll tell you what, guys, I like Watch Dogs, but I think Watch Dogs 2 looks like they're addressing pretty much every criticism that fir- that first game had. Now, either you, know of you guys played I, the first I, one?
2: Uh, yeah, I played the first one a fair bit, but yeah, didn't quite get uh, to the end. The idea of Watch Dogs 2, I suppose, I might be able to be sold on it, but I didn't bother
0: watching this, to be honest. You've not seen any of it from Ubisoft no. or anything, now? No. no. Okay. Sell me on it. Tell me why it's good. All right. It's uh, a completely new lead character. Um, this is oh, the- it's, a, it's a black man, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's what we want to focus on, it is indeed a gentleman who is black. I can't that believe this stuff. I know. I'm shocked. It's not another white guy. Frankly, I'm disappointed. And now, what's next? A black woman character? I mean, that's it. I'm out of games. If that happens, <laughs> that's it. I'm done. I just, I can't, can't have that. Jesus. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a black guy called Marcus, and uh, he's. Basically, there seems to be a little bit like they're taking themselves less seriously. So they're going to have a bit more of a group um, vibe. There seems to be more of a team thing going on. Um, They're putting a bigger focus on DedSec, which is their version of Anonymous. Uh, And they're going to be basically like trying to fight the evil corporate overlord Facebook, which is manipulating... Everybody in the game to like vote for people they want and install puppet politicians and and so there's there's I was watching the trailer and the announcement trailer and the gameplay and I'd say there's some definite like Mr. Robot influences uh, and there's things like uh, I also picked up I think a vibe like hackers vibe about it if you remember that amazing nineties film it John definitely reminds a me a of. bit
1: of hackers definitely yeah. like they've been hitting the DVD pretty hard on that one yeah
0: and that's what's, what's Mr. Robot you not seen that? It's a very good TV show. You should definitely yeah. check that out. <laughs> um, it's it's the, how have you not seen Mr. Real? It's fantastic. Uh, but anyway, check it out. Honestly, it's on Amazon and I think it's on normal TV as well. Really, really good. Um, what else? He just looked. Mm. It looked like they, they've ramped up the combat. His signature weapon in this is a sort of is a billiard ball on the end of a bit of like rope, which he smacks in people's faces. That's like his primary weapon. That's, that's like his primary melee weapon. Yeah, that's obviously a choice. Very good, very good, clap, clap, ball, billiard, ball, ball choice, so we did that, very, very good. It's not intentional um, but I'll take the credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I just think that the, the way they're positioning the character. They're, they're kind of—it's San Francisco. There's a new, the new uh, city setting. It looks amazing. They're opening up all the hacking abilities. You're going to be able to hack everyone, all the vehicles. It's far less restricted to, you know, just being able to hack and manipulate certain things that are sort of story and mission related, um, like it was in the first game. And it just—I just think it looks infinitely cool. Um, everything from the the way the trailers were put together and the music choices and the looks far more, you know. They, they they seem to be going more into hacker culture and less sort of just normal vigilante bullshit, which is what the first Watchdogs was. Um, and, I, I, and I'm, you know, that kind of stuff just seems exciting and interesting and different. So I'm I'm well up for that. I think it looks cool as fuck. I so thought it was a
2: focus on uh, like pedestrian activity now, because there's quite a lot of driving around, weren't there, in the first game and bad cars.
1: Hard to say because obviously we've still we've only got one piece of game he um, does drive a car in it but then the majority of the mission is a kind of infiltrating a penthouse and putting a bug on a phone and kind of right. almost like stealth gameplay uh, I thought it was interesting that on the video of it the opening line spoken by the narrator is this demo is not scripted hmm. <laughs> it says something that you may have done some damage to your franchise when you have to open your uh, sequel gameplay footage with that phrase <laughs> but, no honestly this time it's the truth Like, yeah, this, this isn't just pre-canned vollex now this is, this is real <laughs> but, you know, maybe in the time they've had since announcing the first one, they've actually been able to kind of make the game they were suggesting they were making. Uh, That's which it thing, does look
0: no. like. That's that thing. That first game had such a protracted dev cycle, and then it was and it's yeah. so massively missed what was promised, that it finally looks like they're actually being given the, the opportunity to make that game that they originally actually wanted to make, um, instead of turning it into batman you know, kind of bullshit, which is what that first one really felt like a lot of the time. Well, still, and, it yeah. still
1: makes me roll my eyes when, a game when you're supposed to be this kind of hacker and a geek and a nerd, and then as soon as, like, you know, the mission goes a bit wrong, it's gunplay and beating people up and stealth takedowns. I don't know, I, I think it would be a more interesting world if you really were a hacker, not, like... Your yeah, just trying to, to
2: escape from the authorities. Like, yeah, games, you know
1: what so. I mean. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just it feels it felt like a disconnect when the guy starts beating up armed guards and trading bullets with them. You know. Like well, I, I, I don't. Ball.
0: I don't want to be a cynical bastard, but it, I think, there's a large degree, as to why the character is a black guy, because supposedly he's meant to be from like more. He's meant to be from the hood, just to be like. A complete mm. cynical asshole. He's meant to be this mixture of like ex-gangster turned IT kind of like into computer culture and social media. But you've got to remember now the difference. I think is that modern in the modern day, um, every young person is far more connected um, into technology and they understand sort of you know social media and, and that kind of aspects of technology in a, in a far deeper way than maybe they did. 10, 15 years ago and I think that's what they're trying to get across is that he might not necessarily be a hacker but he understands how to use the tools that yeah, are given okay. to him in those situations um, know, we as well as being expect, capable uh, it's, uh, it, the, the dissonance
2: between the violence and the hacker scenario is lessened because he's black did you just say that?
0: Pretty much, I think. I think there's a real cynical reason as to why he's a black character. Yeah, I mean they've actually said they they've said his origin is from I I can't remember. There's this particular part of San Francisco which is more deprived and and, you know that sort of thing, and and, you know not as tech savvy. And that's where he comes from. So he's this mixture of the cultures of San Francisco come together to be this this character.
1: If those facts about his personality are used as a justification for why he's excellent with
0: weapons, I have issues with that. Oh, it's a video game! Yes. Logic doesn't really apply. Um, next thing we saw uh, before, we've still not got to the conferences yet, but yeah, um, Deus Six: Mankind Divided, which isn't that far off, which is actually come in, in August. Um, you know as most of these games are either 2017 or towards the end of the year but yeah Deus Ex is just just popping around the corner now a couple of months they showed off about 20 minutes of sort of hub gameplay Um, (laughs) you're wandering around and getting to places did anybody else play um, the previous Deus Ex game? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Human Revolution I want to say. How far did you get? I, I finished it personally I really liked it I finished it, like, three times.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I mean, I read, like, obviously, I, I was obsessed with the first SX, Um and then I played Ex 2 Invisible War, and was less obsessed with that, although more <laughs> obsessed with working out why it was so terrible. And, and so when um, Human Revolution came out and turned out to be pretty damn good... Not quite the first, although the first probably has aged badly. It's probably one of those rose-tinted things. But it didn't feel like the huge sea change in what was possible that the first one did. But it was great. It was really great, and it was the right sort of tone, and it had all the sort of ingredients I wanted from a Deus Ex game. So yeah, I played it. Played it to death. Um... As a consequence, I can't really offer any insight into the next one because I'm completely on a blackout on it. I refuse to learn anything about it. I want to experience it completely fresh. So I can't really offer any
0: comment about it. It looks a lot like the previous one.
1: Uh, I imagine it will
0: be. It, I mean, it, you know. You know, Adam Jensen's back with his crazy built-in sunglasses and, and robotic limbs, all, all the limbs, is, is it worth yeah. going back to the first one now, do you
2: think? Because that's another one that I got like, sort of a third in and stopped.
0: I think so. I really like it, man. It's a cool game. Like, a really cool game. Um, it's a cool game. It's
1: definitely got some of the stink of the past on it nowadays, though. Mm. Like, it makes some demands of the player that modern games simply would not make. So it's a bit... It can, it can be heavy going.
2: Um, my, my beef with it was the age-old stealth problem of just wanting to do it perfectly and the investment of time required to do that is just ridiculous. I think there was a particular particular issue with uh, the last ASX game where you could... um, Is it like poison darts you use or something? You can use them to knock people out. Yeah. Uh, The the idea is you can get through the game without killing anybody, but sometimes those poison darts do kill people and you just have to double-check whether they're dead or not and then reload if they are. So I think that kind of finished the game off for me. I think I think you're playing it wrong. <laughs> mm,
1: yeah, I have to say, I think the problem exists between uh, console and uh, controller there, or whatever the phrase is. Yeah. You know, can think... keep and chair, but you don't use a piece of it. That's
2: me being a slave to the achievement list.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, the way I played it was I'd usually start a situation trying to be (coughs) stealthy and manage the situation and stuff, but then when it got loud, I'd pull out my my big magnum, which basically had turned into a rocket launcher due to the upgrades I'd given it, and just kill everyone. Um, So, you know, I kind of of played it in a mix of styles because it gives you that that freedom to really kind of, you know, deal with situations as you wish and stuff. So uh, I think you were being a bit too slavish to the achievements on that one. Yes, it's a cool game, and this is like I was saying that it, it has the saddest shower scene, this this new footage that I've ever <laughs> seen. Adam Jensen gets in the shower basically, and he's just like he's looking at himself, and he's like, I'm barely a human anymore.
3: Oh,
2: and there's like a,
0: there's almost a single tear that runs down his face, and he kind of wipes the mist off of the the side of the shower and looks through at the into the, at the player, and he's like, What am I? Who am I? Should I even be alive? And it's just, it's just, it's just moving, man. It's just beautiful. It's just moving. But, um, no, it looks like it's going to be awesome, yeah. Have um, you
1: ever seen a picture of the art director from Deus Ex Human Revolution? Oh, he's the same, it's him. It's it's Adam Jensen. He looks identical to Adam Jensen. He simply went, he literally walked into the office that morning and went, so Adam Jensen is like a really cool, awesome dude. So I think he should look exactly like me. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: it's the same. It's that Sam Lake from Remedy is Max Payne. If you're gonna yeah. make yourself a fucking badass, make yourself a fucking. <laughs> badass. I mean, if you could, you would. So that, that uh, you can't fault him, really. I mean, I, I'd do the same thing myself. Um, but we, we must move along. Mafia Three had a trailer. Be, I mean, I've never been a massive fan of the Mafia games, but this new one has gone to this setting with a, I, I, again, with a black protagonist. I oh, know. Calm down. Um, hey. calm down calm down Richard I know Whew. chill man um, but it's got it's got this more of like 60s um, setting now uh, you know there Datton, weren't New even Orleans. any black people
2: right around up. in the 60s you idiot <laughs>
0: <laughs> you just didn't see them because they were at the back of the bus Richard oh. I think you're getting your uh, dates mixed up there guys <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so offensive um <laughs> But, but this is looking pretty cool, Mafia 3. I am i don't know if I'm going to have time in October to play it, but, you know, I, I want to. I think it looks cool and different, and the idea of this different type of organized crime kind of gang and, you know, this different setting and this different sort of time period rather than the, the typical kind of prohibition era uh, gangster stuff you had from Mafia 2. Uh, did anybody else play any of the Mafia games?
1: I played the first one. Um, up until the appalling uh, race car driving section which I think is where 95% of all players stop playing the game um, uh, it was fine like it was quite good, it was you know, like I said a kind of prohibition era GTA I um, can't say I particularly want to play the second one though Um seems a shame because I think there'd, there'd be a really interesting game to make about the Mafia but they always kind of end up pushing it down these Grand Theft Auto-y sort of lines where I'd be much more interested in the in more of a sort of political bent to these sorts of things.
2: I only ever played the demo of two, but it got a good um, reputation at the time, didn't it? There was a lot of talk about the, the world building and how, um, well, there's, there's a famous bit where you go, you go to prison for, like, 10, 15 years, and by the time you come out, the entire world has changed to contemporary uh, types of car decor. It's a completely different city when you... When you uh, Get released. So yeah, that sounded like they'd done a really good job in uh, building the the timeline, the environments. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with a black man.
0: My my overriding memory of Mafia Two was Game sent me four copies of it by mistake, even though I never ordered it. Um, so that was that's my overriding memory of Mafia Two. I don't think I ever actually really played it. Uh, I just remember taking them all back to Game and getting lots of money that I didn't deserve. So, uh, hey, thanks, game. Cheers. Um, But other than that, I'm curious to see how it goes. But anyway, we must move on. There was also an announcement for the new Destiny expansion pack, Rise of Iron. Now, we've not had uh, a price on that, but I'm assuming it's gonna be like Taken King, so 30 to 40 pounds, unless, you know, Bungie have learnt their lesson, which I doubt, because everybody bought it anyway, even though it was ridiculously expensive. And all we've basically been told about Rise of Iron is there will be more story stuff, there will be more strikes, There'll be more raid. There'll be more multiplayer. player. Uh, they showed a bunch of fucking concept art, which was lovely, but told us nothing. So great. Uh, basically, Saladin, the, the Lord Saladin from the uh, the Iron Banner multiplayer, he seems to be a major character in this. There's a, there's new uh, there's actually a new hub location on Earth, which is the first time they've done a new location on an existing planet. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, You know, I I actually went back and played some Destiny with a friend the other day. Uh, It still plays really great. I'm just bored of what's there. Um, So, you know, fingers crossed this will freshen things up.
2: I'm not convinced, but then I wasn't before the last update, was I? And then when I finally got a chance to play it, um, because I got it for review, I was massively surprised. So I think it wouldn't take much to pull people back in, especially you know, the, the people that have been with it this long already, it is a very old game at this point and there's still lots of players still interested, so mm-hmm. we'll see, I do I do worry that they're pushing it on a bit too long though and um, maybe they'll just be a bit too complacent with the loyalty that they've got, well, I've, got they're, they're... I've got visions of Rise of Iron meaning there's like an
0: ironing mini game or something they're they're treading water, aren't they because destiny two's been delayed um, so they're having to bring out this sort of like Filler content, almost. That's what I'm worried it's going to be. That it's not going to be really that good or substantial because it was something that they didn't really plan. You know, you've re- everybody's read all the stories about the tortured development of this point. You know, the terrible um, pipeline they have for development, the awkward yeah. engine, all the issues that they had with cutting content and delaying content, and how they had to cut back on all their original plans and change the story and change the structure. And it's amazing Destiny is as good as it is after the issues they've had, and it's only testament to how good the guys are at Bungie that it's come out in a half-decent state in the first place and has such a massive player base. So I'm, I'm just, you know, hopefully when Destiny 2 rolls around, it's going to fix a lot of those problems and they'll be able to actually, you know, get where they always wanted it to be. So I'm just worried if Rise is, you know, it's just going to be another way for Activision and Bungie to take my money. But uh, hey, we'll see, I guess. I'm sure I'll buy it regardless. So there you go. I'm a sucker. I take it you mm. don't give a shit, Adam? No. <laughs> Destiny. Well, that's fine.
1: That's yeah. fine. I hate it. Um, nice shooting stuff. Fine. Great. Have fun.
0: I, however, do know the next thing you do give a shit about, which was they showed off some. well IG had the exclusive reveal of some gameplay from Cuphead. Yes. And they did. it explains why Cuphead has been so long in development because it's completely changed as a game. Yes. The only thing the same is the visual style, which is obviously the thing that captures a lot of people's interest. But originally, Cuphead was just a boss rush game, which I can actually confirm that because I've played that at EGX last. Ah. Year. And you know, that's all it was—is you just fight bosses, and they're really, really hard, and you die, and that's all it was. Yeah. And now, and now it's become a proper, you know, Mario-esque side-scrolling um puzzle well one puzzle action game like you know the typical kind of you know side scrolling platformer um you know but with that amazing visual style and it and it still looks fucking hard based on that video
1: um, i did see like when it was a boss rush game i started to wonder i'm, I'm excited about it just kind from of the visuals really and i'd seen some gameplay footage of like a journalist playing yeah. it And it looked like the hardest and least fun game ever made. It was beautiful to look at, but I was just literally just watching him die over and over and over to the same bullshit, undodgeable attacks again and again and again. So it's good that it's now a platform game. Uh, Tiniest, most pathetic whinge ever, but in the footage they've released for it, the dust cloud that kicks up every time you start to move gets really annoying. Like, they need to cut that effect, I think. But, yeah, it still looks great. The dust clouds. Okay. I, I didn't even notice, but... No, I did I can't say I noticed that, but...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I did we have my we... own problems with it. I mean, this is something that I should love, but I don't know. I feel really worried that it's just not going to be that good a game. We're all being dazzled by how brilliant it looks, and it does look amazing. But I think the... Um, yeah, the, the, what we originally saw, with, when it was all bosses and big enemies and it all looked beautiful, I think that probably masked some of the issues that there were around how hard and you know, probably not very much fun it, it maybe was. Now it's more of a vanilla platformer, the creak, the, the, the cracks in the, in the gameplay are starting to show a little bit for me and it just looks a little bit by the numbers. Mm. It doesn't look like it particularly flows that well, and it's built more around the aesthetic than it is a functional game. So it's got to do
0: something to convince me. I think. I mean, um, I can confirm that it is that when I played it, it, you know, I didn't enjoy it. Um, <laughs> it's just not my type of game in the slightest. Uh, and I'm also, I can respect the vid, the craft that's gone into those visuals. Oh but yeah. They, but they do nothing for me as an art style, I don't find it that compelling at all, it's just not my kind of, my kind of visuals at all, I just don't, I don't particularly have like a, a strong nostalgia, for those, that era of cartoon animation, I, it just doesn't really do much for me, um, but you know, um, it's never going to be my kind of game, I'm, I don't have a, 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 a sort of a long standing love affair, with those kind of platforming games, so I just, I lasted about 45 seconds, when I played it, and uh that was and I was just like I put the controller down and went. Do you want to carry on? And I went. No, nope, I'm good.
1: And I walked <laughs> away.
0: <laughs> so I'll go play. I think I went and played Super Hot instead, which I, you know, turns out is awesome. Um, but anyway, let's move on. And then we've got some interesting news here because it kind of the next announcement definitely will roll into when we talk about the conferences shortly, which is that Sony came out and said the, the PS. What the, Richard? What are you doing, Richard? What are you doing, Richard?
1: <laughs> it's the professionalism, that's what I'm just <laughs> the professionalism.
0: Like, goddammit it, man! Move your bloody mic! <laughs> oh, God. I tell you, next time we do one of these, I'm just going to be quietly whacking one off, under the desk, uh, and mm. you know, there'll just be oh. the old, oh, have the you the, not done uh, that already? ...vibrations like this, just going the whole time, and you'll be wondering why. <laughs> what's, what's that? What's Ben doing? <laughs> I, I don't
1: remember I don't remember ever seeing PewDiePie feeding his dog life on stream.
0: <laughs> well that's why PewDiePie nobody likes him. I mean that's what yeah. it's all about. <laughs> nobody likes PewDiePie. Who's that? I'll, I'll I mean, like, look, we're the we're the new guards. He's like he's past it. Nobody even yeah. cares anymore. What's he got? He's only got like a few hundred million subscribers. Like whatever. Who
1: needs um, that? What? All those millions in the
0: bank. Like yeah, Jesus. Anyway. Um, but I was saying, so Sony came out and said the PlayStation 4.5, the Project Neo, whatever you want to call it, it's real, but it's not going to be at E3, which was a bit of a surprise when that came out. But I don't think we'll dwell on that too much right now because it's definitely going to come up when we talk about the Sony conference, yeah. which will be happening shortly. Uh, and the final thing I wanted to mention is because I'm, I'm, I can't talk about it. But I'm currently playing the game that it got a, an E3 trailer, uh, Technomancer, by Focus Home Interactive. And I think they're called Spiders, the developers. Uh, and that's coming out on the uh, the 28th of this month. Um, and like I said, I can't talk about it, but it's a cool trailer. So watch the trailer, I guess. Yeah, why not? Um, yes, but now we are now there, guys. We are now actually going to start talking about the conference.
1: Have we reached E3? <laughs>
0: we've reached E3. Around 40 only, minutes. It's only, yeah, 40 minutes, and we, we've got to the actual start of the conferences. Uh, and like we said right at the very, very top of the show, EA had the unenviable um, task of going first after the events yeah. of uh, Saturday. And uh, and then also on top of that, and because I moved it a little bit, is the, the Titanfall single-player trailer that they kind of opened the show with, with Titanfall 2, uh, the single-player trailer was leaked just prior to the show, so it really took the wind out of that initial spot for EA, and I felt really bad for the Respawn guy, um, it was either it was was it Vince or Zampella, I can't remember which one of the two of them it was, but it was one of the new guys, uh, one of the guys who were ex-Call of Duty um, and Infinity Ward, uh, and you know, the multiplayer looked a lot like Titanfall, and it looked fun, and then the single-player looked pretty weird and hokey. What did you guys think of the weird AI aspects of the Titan and how it seemed to be the main character of the story?
2: I what liked else? that.
0: You yeah, can't. I liked it. <laughs> That's I, deep analysis from original Moral.
1: I never played the original Titanfall, so I didn't know if that was uh, sort of a new addition to the canon of the world yes, around yeah, it. it's totally new, because
2: the, the original Titanfall, there's no single player at all. But also, are the mechs, like,
1: AI entities, or are they just mechs? No. Machines?
0: Well, no, they kind of are, because they brought out a bunch of subsequent voice packs for a Titanfall. Yeah, but it was remember. never a personality, them, was it? It was just, like, kinda, it was a few samples, kinda. you know? I don't I mean, I think I think there was enough there's enough freedom in there for them to play with that, but it yeah, it did feel like maybe maybe Titanfall two is set further into their timeline. So maybe the AI of the, the Titans has evolved and uh developed. But all
2: this stuff about binding a Titan to a pilot, that was never at least it was n- never explicitly covered in the first game. It was just a case of oh, press down, your Titans comes down, get in it, that's it. You know, yeah. <laughs> No binding involved. You smash one up, then you get another one in three minutes, binding.
0: and often a, a different one. I mean, yeah. you, could, you weren't you weren't stuck to one Titan. You could you know, different varieties of them, and and different, you know, for different situations and, and all kinds of things. So, um, I thought it's it's an interesting narrative choice. I was kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, this is. What did you guys actually think of the trailer for the single player? I I, I didn't think the beats were that brilliant, but I'm I'm interested enough to to play it. That's for sure.
2: I'm just glad that it's there because um, I, th- I think it's still going to live on. It's multiplayer, and Titanfall One absolutely did that. It didn't need a single-player campaign, so even if it's just meh, that's enough.
0: It doesn't, well, it doesn't
2: need to be amazing, um, but it, it would just be interesting to just get a little bit deeper under the, the story aspect of the you know of what, of what Titanfall is and where what, how that world has been built. Just be interesting to have a flavour of it. That's all.
1: I think it's an interesting positioning decision. I think obviously they they wouldn't choose to add a single player campaign unless they thought it would help sales. Um, and so they must feel like perhaps one of the reasons Titanfall didn't do as well as they expected was that they didn't have a single player uh, element, and that they need to cater to that market. Which is just uh, that sort of thing is interesting to me because it gives you some insight into the data they must be looking at, because ain't know what's going on with their customers. There was there They're was not a not lot of mistakes.
2: vocal complaint around the time the title was released that it, it didn't have a single-player component. But I think a lot of that was born out of what they communicated prior to release. They did indicate that, although it was multiplayer only it wasn't just going to be a regular multiplayer game. It was going to be built around emergent storylines and the, the, the matches themselves would have their own sort of narrative arc and that never transpired in any meaningful way. And there, there was a kind of mission structure, were not there, Then where um, mm-hmm. there, there'd be regular matches but there'd be uh, sort of a start point and end point and some dialogue would happened throughout the course of the match.
0: You'd get like radio chatter and and stuff. So there there was some there were some narrative elements with certain characters, you know, that would be like your support characters and stuff like that. So you know you did feel like there was a bit of that going on. But I think the biggest problem Timefall had, when you're talking about sales information, it was that it was stuck only on the Xbox. And obviously the Xbox at that point as well had a small install base and it was already struggling against PlayStation. And they and you know basically EA did this deal with Microsoft, and <laughs> it was a deal even Respawn weren't aware of, if you remember at the time. It was like, it wasn't their decision to go single-platform. They wanted it on everything, because they wanted to sell a lot of fripping units. So I can imagine they were pretty pissed at the time about that happening. Um, so of course, see, now that's that's not the case now. It's going to be PC, uh, Xbox, and PlayStation. Um, and yeah, it's going to. I think it'll be cool to see the single-player, and it's going to be really interesting, because it's basically going to be going up against Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Almost at pretty much exactly the same time, um, so that's going to be, you know, very similar kinds of kinds of games. And we, you know, we got a we got a demo of that at, at Sony's conference, which we'll be talking about later on as well. I wonder what you guys think of that. Uh, but yeah, so that was t- Timefall. They showed the multiplayer, and what that trailer for multiplayer really made me think was, oh, I, I wouldn't mind going back going back and playing some Timefall. Uh, I might reinstall that and uh, and jump in again and see if anybody's playing. So. Uh, yeah.
1: The multiplayer video made the game look incredible. Like, it made me, I missed, it I should have played this. This looks fantastic. It is fantastic. Um, it's yeah. a
2: really amazing multiplayer game. And I'm not one for really jumping into multiplayer in any, you know, um, deep way. I've sort of, like, dipped my toe in for a couple yeah. of days, and then that's pretty much me done, and I'll just go back to a single-player campaign. But with Titanfall, I played that for a good few months before it dropped
0: off. And it was helpful at the time as well there weren't many games there weren't, to there weren't that many games yeah
2: but so it yes, just oh, it, it was so well balanced and all the all awesome. the modes probably the best capture the flag mode i've ever played where it was just so to and fro between the, the different sides in every match that we played and it was just uh, frenetic uh, constantly full of drama and it, there there were moments of just brilliance in in every game it always felt
0: Fresh and like something exciting happening throughout every match. Um, if you're up for it, Richard, maybe we should play some of the Horde mode they brought into the game later on. I'd be up for jumping in for a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah I'd got that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. Go. Go. I'm going to reinstall it. Okay, so after that, they spent a bunch of time on well, not a huge amount of time, but some time on Madden, uh, which unless any of you and if you are into your American football, shout now and, and talk about it. Otherwise, I'm going to just sort of skip over that. Yeah, It's just Madden. I'm fine with that um, I thought the funniest thing was they did their Madden piece, talking about like the best Madden players in the world, and then they threw back to Peter Moore in London, so that the London <laughs> crowd could all go, uh, what, Madden? For, but why? You know, I just looked really confused and uninterested, which was, I thought, hilarious. And then they had that pro, did they have that pro Madden player guy on the stage who'd broken his arm, right? So he's about to be in this big important Madden competition, one of the best guys in the world. He's b- stood there with his broken arm, and Peter Moore walks over to him and goes, <laughs> "You broke your arm, you twat!" Basically, I thought that was amazing. I love, I love that. One. <laughs> it was so <laughs> just like uh, he so funny. Um, that that was that was good. Um, and then he had, I think, did they did they do the FIFA stuff next, or did they go? I think they did, didn't they? We would have done all the sports stuff together. Um, they- so, so the big thing with FIFA 17 is we've mm-hmm. gone to we've gone to Frostbite, which is EA's engine um, that's been made by DICE, so the Battlefield engine, uh, and that's yeah. kind of, I get the impression, what they're trying to use in for everything now, pretty much. And uh, they've brought in a proper story-based single-player campaign to yeah. FIFA. And it's called FIFA 17 The Journey, and you play as this guy, I think it was called Alex... Um, and it's about his sort of being discovered, you know, going into the Premiership, you know, basically you're playing it, kind of like one of the story modes in the NBA 2K games. Um, so, like, properly scripted with real characters. I, I'm I'm kind of like... I don't hate football games, and I occasionally get the FIFA game and give it a go, um, just because I used to love them as a kid. And that that this new edition, it, it has piqued my interest a little, because it's a brave... And different move for, for FIFA. So, it's what
1: not, do you guys think? It's not that different. I mean, I, it, it looks like it is, because it looks like they've actually delivered on what they've been promising for the last two years. But for a while, there has been a mode in there called Be a Pro Mode. Yeah, but it's not, it's a, not player, a scripted story, is it? A single player on a team, and you sort of go through the ranks. But it, wouldn't it be better if it wasn't a scripted story? I don't know, I, it felt weird to me, because I thought, is this really what your player base wants? Because what your player base wants is the wish fulfilment of... I get to play for Man United, you know? Do I want to help some seventeen year old called Alex get to play for the champions of the world?
0: I mean the like, last I'm not sure. The last time I had FIFA, it wasn't I don't think I got sixteen, but I had fifteen. And I used Game Face and I put myself yeah. in and, and I, I rose up the ranks as Gillingham until they won the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, and that that's something yeah, I mean the thing they've said with this is that this mode and stuff is only going to be available in the premiership teams. Um, so you're be only moving between them, uh, and the other thing they sort of uh, sort of showed off was that they've actually fully modelled like what half a dozen managers now as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing because they're going to be in this journey mode. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, you, you bring up a good point. Is this what the player base wants? I don't think it necessarily is, but it's it's cool that they're trying stuff. Yeah. And I'm down with that. I mean, at its core, the the game of football in FIFA will probably still be good because they know that's important. Um, but it's a new engine, so it could suck and be terrible. You know, they, it's quite possible that they'll fuck it all up. That does happen. So, yeah.
1: I mean, I have fond memories of the older Fifas. I said the older Fifas. Anything from up to Fifa 15, really. Uh, me and some friends from work were demons for the um, Pro for Clubs mode. We would play like for three hours, pretty much every night, uh, from like 10 till 1 in the morning. Um, really took it seriously. Got to Division One a couple of times. Um, you know, had tactics meetings in the office at lunchtimes and stuff. Like, it was serious business. Um, And so, obviously, you know, each year the new iteration would come out and we'd listen very intently to find out what had changed and what they were moving around in the game. And the one thing I noticed from the EA conference this year is that this is the third year running. Their list of improvements has been identical to the previous year. Now, I don't know if that means they just haven't nailed those things yet, or if they've just figured out those are the things that make players buy the game the most. I, but I mean, every how many year, <laughs> improved physical play. Every yeah. year, ho- overhaul of set pieces. Every year, more intelligent AI. It, it's the same list every year now, and it's just sort of stories amusing, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, I get the impression from Richard's quiet demeanour right now, he couldn't give a flying fuck, and that's and that's fair enough.
1: <laughs> this is absolutely fair enough.
0: Yeah. So we'll move we'll move on from FIFA onto saying I'm far more excited about, and Mm -hmm. that's Mass Effect Andromeda, which is also now using the Frostbite engine, and oh my god, does it look (laughs) nice, so pretty. Um, I get the impression with that game though, um, considering how long it's been since it was originally announced, and how little we just saw at this conference. That it's had a few development issues, and that I think they might have gone back to the beginning with that game more mm. than once and started again, especially as it's now become a Frostbite engine game, uh, which it originally I don't believe it was. Yeah. Um, so I think there's been some problems there, and I'm quite surprised we didn't get a date and we didn't get like proper gameplay uh, at this E3. Well, exactly. The game for the length,
1: of, for the length of time it's been rumored to be in development, and the, you know, the talk of it has been bouncing around the industry. You would think they would have more than like. Minute and a half of like five or six location kind of concept videos, you know, mm-hmm. you'd expect to see some gameplay or some proper playable environments, and no, it did look like it's
0: fairly early, so I think you're yeah. right. I said, I said I, at the earliest, we're not going to see that until holiday next year, I would say, and that and that bums me out. But, you know, what we did see, if they can make the game look as amazing as that in actuality, will be a hell of a feat. I mean, like, the way that Asari looked, her facial animations were amazing. Uh, we did get a couple of interesting tidbits of information. We got the information that the ship is the Tempest, and, the, and that the main character is going by the name of Ryder, uh, which you saw the default female model at the end of that trailer. And that's, you know, the, if you don't do any customizing to the, the female um, appearance of Ryder, that's what she'll look like. And I thought it was really cool, actually. That it was the female model they showed off because they realised a lot of people love the femme ship. Um mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool of them to do. I mean, I could, Richard, you know, how did you feel about the Mass Effect trailer?
2: Uh, I, don't, I think you may maybe giving it a hard rap if you. We're going along the lines that they've had to restart it and scrap I think, it all. I think they I'm have. Not, yeah. I'm not sure because the, the videos that we've seen before. They've not said that they're in-game or anything and they've not said
0: that they're Frostbite
2: because they were just pre-renders, weren't they? So why would they say what the engine was?
0: I mean, I, I there was some leaked um, pre-alpha stuff that came out showing some gameplay uh, and it looks, like, I think from looking at that stuff that wasn't on Frostbite. Um, mm. It looked entirely different. Um, if it was legit or not, I think it, it looked legit um, but it, it looked very, very different to what we're seeing now. Um, and I think EA have come in and gone, Frostbite's the engine now, guys. Right.
3: Um,
0: and that's 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 cool. I mean, like, you know, I want this game to be amazing when it comes out so they can take us on. Well, long I, as said, I
2: don't so, mind if it takes two years, because yeah. the, after the experience of Mass Effect 2, that was absolutely polished to perfection. I couldn't fault that game. Um, yeah. Mass Effect 3, obviously, was the big issues around the the, uh, the ending they want to get this one back back on form, get it absolutely right. So, yeah, take take the next year, take however long it takes, I don't mind.
0: And everything I'm hearing sounds really interesting. The idea of, like, we're in another galaxy, humans are the outsiders, we're, we're trying to, you know, find our way in this completely alien environment. Um, you know, what they were saying as well about Ryder is that she's not going to, or she or he isn't going to be this self-assured hero. It's about the journey of becoming a hero. It's going to be an untested crew. It's going to be, like, you know, being a part of that sort of experience, that narrative, I think has the potential to be absolutely fantastic. And they've also come out at E3 and said, yes, we have taken on board everything you said about the ending of Mass Effect 3. We promise it won't suck like that. Um, so, you know, they, they're really listening. And you've also got to remember as well, they lost all the people at the top of that studio pretty much um, You know, over the course of the last few years. So, you know, it's not even clear who is actually running the project completely right now. It's certainly not somebody... Uh, leading it like uh, Hudson was in the you know the Mass Effect days and stuff like that, or I think it was a uh, was it, it was a female a woman as well I can't remember her name but yeah so fingers uh, crossed. Why, why would you? I said you know saying same, same, same. <laughs> <laughs> women don't make games they make coffee. I mean that's come on.
1: Um... <laughs> I just to disavow any uh, association with these gentlemen.
0: <laughs> We're kidding, or are we? Uh, right. Yeah. After that, we got we got a little bit of waffle from them going on about um, an indie initiative, which isn't the first time they've done this, and yeah. how and how EA are going to make sure these indie guys get all the monies that they make. Uh, and then they announced a game called Fae Fee, yeah. um, something Fee. like that. And and it, do you know what that looked generic? <laughs> that, that looked like generic indie game number three. And it did absolutely nothing for me.
1: To that. So like, I set myself a running. There's a running gag throughout my notes where every time any of the big publishers showed an indie game, I've written the exact same comment next to it, which is, "Yes, very nice, but what is it?" Um, and I think fame <laughs> falls foul of that more than most, where you go, "Oh, this is a very pretty art style. What's the game though? Like, is it a third-person action adventure? Is it a platform game? Is I think, it shoot 'em up? Like, what is
0: this?" Inside was the worst for that, but we'll get to that later. Mm. We will, we will. Uh, but that's that's very soon, so you know we'll actually be able to play that soon anyway. But yeah, and then we, and then we got hey, <coughs> we has all the fucking Star Wars bitches, mm. which is uh, my name of the say And but we's not bringing anything out yet, probably for a couple of years. Um, which was a bit of a bummer. So basically they did like a four or five minute long sizzle reel. of They went around and they checked in with all their different developers working on Star Wars, Amy Hennig and slot and, and Respawn and, and you know, the Dice guys, and it's like, yeah, we're making games. Games take a lot of money and time to make, so you'll get it when you get it. Um, we had some really early footage from Amy Hennig's project, uh, and they announced that there was going to be this kind of, We're not actually sure what this, this Battlefront thing coming... This year is it's it's later this year. It could be a standalone game. It could be like a DLC add-on to the existing Battlefront. Mm -hmm. They're basically doing stuff that's going to be connected to Force Awakens and potentially Rogue One, and it's going to you know bring more stuff to Battlefront, which Battlefront needs. So that's fair enough. But everything else is 2017, 2018, 2019 in the far, far future. And I love my Star Wars, and it's cool that they're making these great games, and fingers crossed they will be as good as <coughs> they could be. So but that's kind of, what we have I think about it's
2: that. kind of a bummer that there's so many different studios involved in Star Wars, though. I why, mean, would it, why would it be a bummer? Well, Visceral, for example. It means no Dead Space for the next three years, at least.
0: Yeah, I'm down with that. If you take into account the DLC that happened in Dead Space 3, they kind of finished that series. Um, there's not, No, there's not, it will never die I don't think there's much more they can do with Dead Space so leave, leave, them, leave them to do Star Wars, and then you've got Respawn doing a Star Wars game, you know, their second team uh, Titanfall and Star Wars that's a, Christ no, I mean they've said it's a third person action game of some kind, but you know, they showed some mocap going on with lightsabers and yeah, you know, it's going to be in an era that they said there's an era that hasn't been done um, before so that's like, yeah I'm excited to see what that can be But at the moment, it's it's all pie in the sky. Who the fuck knows? Uh, And then the EA, you know, finished off the conference with Battlefield Mm One, which was Battlefieldy. It was actually very Battlefieldy, considering, um, you know, what, you know, when what that setting is. It's incredibly, Mm. incredibly Battlefieldy. And I thought there'd be a bit more World War One in there. Uh, At the conference itself, they showed another lovely trailer, and it looked great. And then they had like a big multiplayer event afterwards. Uh, and showed off a lot of in-game footage there. And, you know, it looks like fun. Maybe too much fun, sort of. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can
1: remember. I, I expressed concerns on the last podcast about that setting. This trailer did not reassure me. Mm. Woo, War is awesome, look how great this is. And you've got, like, corkscrewing biplanes, strafing enemy positions, and all these <laughs> sorts of things. And I just sort of think, this is... It's fine. Like you've gone in a very kind of arcade route to depict World War One, and that's yeah. fine. But but if you're going to do this, like you don't get to claim any moral gravitas later on. So like we'll see what they do next. But you have made this into cops and robbers in trenches, and that's fine. But don't be coming with any like oh, but also we're taking it very seriously.
2: <laughs> no, I had the same feeling watching that zeppelin going down and burning <laughs> yeah, exactly. an ent- entire village of people, and you're like ooh. <laughs>
0: Looks so pretty when things explode. Flames. Um, it, it, I mean, it did look great. I mean, that's one thing. They showed off, like, the early trailers, and they were, they were touting them as in-game, and everybody was like, ah, fuck off. And then you actually see it, and at least on PC, it did look that mm. good. Um, and the idea that you mentioned the Behemoths, the, the Zeppelin, they're going to have, there's going to be a new type of game mode with, um, there's going to be, like, uh, destroyers and stuff out at sea, and, you know, you'll be able to control them, and like they're going to be almost like, you know, Control points that you can take out and and they're going to be more integral elements to the game and stuff like that. And I think that sounds quite exciting from a a multiplayer perspective, uh, you know, from a fun perspective. But like you said, I'm not sure how (laughs) accurate to the time period. And they've just come out and said, right, factions not playable in Battlefield 1, Russians and French. And I'm thinking to myself, they were in World War 1 a lot. Yeah. How, how are the Russians and the French not playable in Battlefield 1? And yet they have the Americans who were in it for about 20 minutes. So you're like, eh, I guess you need to do it for your market. I understand. All right. All right. Sure. No French. Really strange that there's no French. Um, but anyway, that was the end of EA. And I, I think to sum up, probably out of all of the conferences, it was kind of the flattest... With the least sort of uh, announcements, with the least sort of exciting kind of things going on, it was one of the shortest ones as well. It was this weird year for EA. They were no, they're not at E3. They they kind of just down the road from E3, but they're doing their own thing. They had like we mentioned earlier this other sort of thing happening in London uh, as well, where you can people you know who are in the who are in the know can go and play these things and stuff and get hands on. But um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very good. I didn't think it was okay. Wasn't terrible, but it wasn't brilliant.
1: I think they sort of shot their bolt. They just didn't have a lot of surprises up their sleeve, where all the other um, sort of conferences seemed to have at least one kind of oh, I didn't expect that kind of moment. And EA was like, yes, these were all the games we were expecting. Good, all present and correct. On you go. <laughs> yep,
0: yeah. that was yeah. That's that's a fair way. Isn't Anything you wanted to add, Richard? Or we'll move on to Bethesda. No, let's move on. Bethesda. Now those these guys know how to start a show. They came out. With Quake, and I was like, "Fuck yes, fuck yes." I, I even put "motherfucking yes," I think, in the tweet as I was live tweeting this. <laughs> I, I was slightly losing it. This was my the first. This was the first night, and this had started at 3 a.m. So I was already kind of not quite conscious at this point. So Quake comes on, I'm just like, "Motherfucking Quake!" Screen grab, post to Twitter, and uh, yeah, I, w- I was pretty excited. And then they said it was a PC-only exclusive, and I got a little bit sad. Uh, and I, well, sad because I know I'm going to have to buy a fucking good PC now, more than <laughs> um, Because Quake is the granddaddy of Arena multiplayer shooters. It's it's the one thing, the game that made multiplayer shooters. And I want a new Quake. And look how well they've just done with Doom. I have all the faith in the world <coughs> that Quake will be amazing. And It's called Quake Champions. And, uh, yeah, it just looked great. I mean, it was all CGI bullshit, but I don't care. I'm, it's Quake. It's going to be amazing. It'll be at QuakeCon, obviously. They even joked. They said, like, well, of course, we'll be at QuakeCon. It's QuakeCon. You've got to have Quake at QuakeCon. So I was like, yes, you do. I want more Quake. So, uh, <laughs> anybody else love the Quake? The <laughs> did, did, did impression, though, I'm not
1: sure if... I don't know how you'll feel about this, but from the way they structured the video they showed, I get the distinct impression that this is going in a kind of Mulberryish direction, with unique characters, with unique abilities, and... They're trying to target in the sort of pro gaming kind of market.
0: Uh, It's possible, but that's not that's not in my mind. Moberish. That's that's Overwatch. um, What you just described. I mean, the idea of a character shooter in the Quake universe, I think, could work really well if they balance them as well as Blizzard has uh, balanced Overwatch. Um, And as Richard can attest, you know, Overwatch is amazing. So if they if they get in, if they're as good as that, um, I think with the kind of distinctiveness of some of the characters you've already got in the Quake universe. Uh, I think that could be amazing, you know. Make a fucking super violent 18+, plus, unlocked, you know, unlocked frame rate, you know, 120 hertz. they mentioned at, at the conference, PC-only shooter, like that, and it, it'll be blistering, it would be huge. Um, so, th- I mean, that's 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 the scene for shooters now. Um, but if they're going to come out in that scene, they need to come out at the top of it.
1: Mm, um, yeah, it's a crowded market they're
0: right here. It, it is right now, yeah, all of a sudden. All these games that wish they were Quake, and then Quake, the old granddad is coming back on the scene. I'm st- I am can still do it! And he's, and it's like, you know, rolling up, showing off their, showing off his skills. Hopefully it'll be amazing. But like I said, there was no gameplay. So, we don't know. But it was a cool way to start the show. It was cool. I mean, it was a good surprise. It was. And then they, <laughs> and then they kind of went to the card game. And I was like, oh, okay, we'll chill now, we'll chill. We had the excitement, <laughs> and now we're gonna, we're gonna Elder Scrolls Legends, which is a, an Elder Scrolls card game. I have very little to add to that. But cool, I guess. I mean, I the actually... com- my favourite card game is coming up later. So I'll, I will <laughs> talk about that in a bit. But, th- th- that, that- do you ca- I mean, Adam, how- I mean, you're the card game guy.
1: So I'm interested in this card game purely because I know one of the guys who's designing it. Not that I know him personally. One of the designers on this game is Luis Scott Vargas, who is the best Magic player to ever walk the Earth. Um, so it's interesting to me to see how how he does as a game designer on this project. Um, So I'm kind of interested in it on that level, but yeah, I don't know, man. Again, this Hearthstone marketplace is very crowded all of a sudden. There's a lot of people going for the crumbs off that particular pie because I can't imagine anyone ever topples Hearthstone because Blizzard own user interface design forever, and that's ultimately what a good card game needs more than anything else.
0: But I mean, Elder Scrolls are, rock, are rocking up with an established universe which has already got a massive fan base. Well,
1: um, I'm skeptical. See, was, I'm actually, one of the notes I made, because they go on to talk, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in a minute, some you know, Elder Scrolls MMO and stuff.
3: Yeah, we will, yeah, yeah.
1: I think Bethesda give themselves a lot more credit than they deserve for people liking the Elder Scrolls universe. Isn't the Elder Scrolls universe really just Tolkien? Mm. And people accept it because they want to play, you know, Lord of the Rings RPG and. They can't, so they play Morrowind or Skyrim, which was Game of Thrones, the RPG. Um, like it's really, <laughs> really derivative. It's not. I don't think anyone's particularly invested in the cat people and the whatevers. Like it's yeah, just the, the it just Khajiit. fills the slot, the Khajiit, yes. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Like I just I I I'm big into the the Elder Scrolls kind of games because they're always really good fantasy RPG games, but. I can't say I'm particularly invested in the actual universe or world around it. It's very generic.
0: Okay. Well, like we said, we're gonna we're gonna come back in a second anyway. And then after the after the card game, they threw to um, Todd Howard with a little video package. He wasn't there at the show. Yeah, that, that was, was kind of video package. Yeah, but anyway, and he's like, here, look, Fallout. it's gonna have loads more DLC after you bought that that is season pass. So, Whoa! And it was like, oh, more stuff to build things, and then. Stuff to build a vault, and I was like, I don't care. And then yeah. Nuka Cola World, and I'm like, okay, okay, I can get into the idea of Nuka Cola World. That could yeah. be fun. That could be cool. Uh, but I mean, you know, again, no surprise with this announcement. They they then went and it was like Skyrim Special Edition, coming to the consoles, coming to PC, full mod support on consoles, and it's coming this October, and it looks pretty. They've it did look beautiful. It did look stunning. Yeah, it looked really good. Uh, I wasn't and, aware. of it
1: I wasn't like, aware that volumetric god rays was part of the public uh, lingo. I thought that was uh, only, you know, nerdy developer types would ever use that phrase. I was surprised when that was listed as a feature. Because <laughs> that's what we called them, but I didn't think the general public...
0: I think you can. Uh, I, think okay you can with that. I think you can thank J.J. Abrams and Lensflare for making lighting awesome. kind of a thing people give a shit about. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but I mean, that was that was like yes, yes, I will own Skyrim for the third time. PC 360 and now Xbox One slash PS4. I'll I'll do it again. One cool thing they've mentioned is that there'll be a if you've got the if you've got all the DLC on PC or if you have I think it's the Legendary Special Edition on PC which includes all the DLC. You will get get a free upgrade to the special edition version on Steam. Which that's is good. nice. I yeah. think that's cool. That's cool, isn't it? Um, it's a shame they can't do the same for the consoles, but you know, it's cross-generational, cross-platform potentially. I can understand that would be a headache. And they something. want your money. The console
1: manufacturers would probably have something to say as well, because they do get a cut. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So you can't go giving stuff away.
0: But there's not a lot to talk about. It's more Skyrim. I, I, bringing mods to the console, I can tell you as somebody who's been using the Fallout mods on console it it worked i mean it, the first day it came out and it was so like massively busy compared to what Bethesda you know it was a, anticipated it was a mess it didn't work but now yeah it works really well they integrate nicely but you know like mods on on pc it can break your game horribly uh, and that's just the nature of mods um so you know pick the ones that have got good feedback would be my suggestion but yeah, no, that's coming in mean October. i
1: also wonder if they've thought through the, the the policing mechanism it might require, because on consoles, I think you're a bit more exposed to, uh, you know, my little child is playing this hateful, awful mod that, you know, adds explicit nudity and or
0: there are, racist there are no,
1: sub-themes to the game, you know. There
0: are no nudity mods allowed on console, I can tell you that. Xbox won't allow So, I'm so I'm the mods sure are still vetted,
1: them. to some degree.
0: They are, to a degree, yeah. 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 Um, and then after that, we moved on to, well, probably one of the biggest surprise announcements due to its nature. I mean, people were anticipating this yeah. in a way, but this kind of came out of nowhere. And, uh, no one Prey... anticipating this? Who anticipated this? No <laughs> I, I might have anticipated Prey 2 coming, but this isn't really Prey 2. This is something else wearing the name Prey. I mean, at the moment fuck knows what this game is. I mean, it was a cool trailer. Um, It came out, and at the end it was just, it's Prey. Native American stuff is out the window. Uh, Any of that sort of bounty hunter stuff we saw from Prey 2 from many E3s ago, that's gone. Uh, and, And now we've got this space station, this guy who seems to be having like a Groundhog Day thing, some kind of mental experiments. There's aliens of some kind going on. He's got a red eye. It all looks cool as all hell. It's using a new engine. Um, from the guys at Arcane, I believe that they're going to be using in that, the engine and a few different uh, Bethesda products now. Um, And, uh, yeah, man, pray. But who knows what that is? I mean, it wasn't gameplay once again. It was a CGI trailer. It's sometime in 2017 we're going to get this game, probably holiday. I mean, what did you guys think? It looked cool, huh?
2: It did look cool, but like you say, it's just CGI. Um, We don't know what it means in terms of where it takes the Prey franchise, whether it's just a reset, whether it re- reuses anything from the existing Prey game. I, don't know. I hope it does, because I kind of liked that hokey uh, B-movie atmosphere that the first Prey game had. But it doesn't seem to look anything like that, does it? It looks quite serious. So I
0: don't know. Apart from just using the same name, this could be anything. The, well, I mean, that's the world's most pointless use of that IP. I mean, like, why... Use that name. Why? It, it's nothing to do with that franchise at all. Um, so, well, it doesn't seem to be anyway. Maybe you'll have a spirit bird. Who knows? <laughs>
1: my uh, overriding feeling upon watching the, the Prey 2 trailer was yeah, that looks a really good film. I'll watch that when it comes out. But, like, what's the game? Like, I didn't get any sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I uh, guess it's, it's a first person shooter because of that little alien y bit, but um, everything yeah. else is just like. Yeah, this looks like a cool sci-fi film. or what's this. Like,
0: but... um, yeah. So, I mean, and there's not much to say at this point. Like, hopefully, we'll get more information, you know, before next E3. But Christ, maybe not. Uh, you know, but until then, it might just be a one of those games that just goes quiet, and then we'll find out more about it at some point in the future. So, or after never come out. <laughs> all, all that. well, <laughs> it has a history. That franchise doesn't it? Um, okay, after that, Bethesda kind of kind of went out. Hey guys you not really like Doom, don't you? I mean, Doom did really pretty well, and you've, you've all liked it. We thought you were going to hate it, but you've liked it. So here's, like, the guy who made Doom coming out, and he's like, yeah, thanks for liking my game. Uh, Here's some here's my some Player. Yeah, nobody cares about the my <laughs> Player, but here's some my Player DLC, and, oh, and we're going to make the first level of it free for a week, so you can try it, and more people can buy it, because I'm still not seeing a lot of people play it on my friends list, to be fair. So I, I, I'm i glad they've made that demo available and, and that's happening and that's really cool and it is a fantastically good game. So everybody should play Doom, then you do. Really, really good game. Uh, but once again, there's not a great deal to say about that. So yay, new multiplayer stuff to do. One nice thing is they're, they're bringing in new mo- content for the multiplayer and supporting multiplayer in a free capacity as well as the paid stuff that you can get, um, which would kind of slightly piss me off if I bought the Season Pass. But actually for a change, I didn't. So um, you know that's that's okay. Um, anybody wanna anything for Doom? Yeah, Doom. No, no play it. Play it. Play the demo. You can play the demo now, Richard. Play the demo. Okay. Make, I don't think only, you it spend us. too much time on it because it is out. And... Yeah, I just say, well, it's a cool announcement that the demo is free, but it's only available yeah. for this week. So you need to you need to get on it sooner rather than later.
2: <laughs> All right, Dad, I'll do that. If you do that,
0: you do that. <laughs> extra homework. Right, and then. Uh, Adam alluded to it before, Elder Scrolls, ESO, Elder Scrolls Online, which I, um, one of the few times, I did the review for this when this game came out, and I was incredibly, on console I should add, and I was incredibly critical of it, Um, I think I scored it like really low, like under 5, I can't remember what it was, Uh, and because the site died, we've lost all those reviews anyway, so I can't even go back to check, Um, but it's one of the few times I've actually had contact from a developer criticising my my score and my review, um, saying it was too low, But the reason I gave it such a low review is the game was fucking broken at launch. (laughs) Like, in so many ways. Everything from invisible enemies that killed me uh, and I couldn't fight back to uh, quest givers morphing into creatures that couldn't give me the quests so I couldn't turn in quests. You name it, that game was fucked. Um, But I've heard things have improved quite a lot over the years since it came out. And it's got a fairly strong following. I love the bit that they kept on calling it Game of the Year, but never saying who said it was... uh, No, not Game of the Year, Roleplay Game of the Year, RPG or MMO of the Year. And and it's like they never said Kotaku or Polygon or IGN. It was just, we decided it was the best MMO. Yeah, we (laughs) just decided. Which I thought was was pretty amusing. Uh, But they've got new content, Dark Brotherhood questline sort of thing coming into the game, which was probably the best thing about... You know, uh, Morrowind, uh, Morrowind had a great Dark Brotherhood. Oh, um, was it uh, the last one? Oblivion. Oblivion. The Dark Brotherhood stuff in Oblivion was awesome. So you know, if it's as good as that, that'd be brilliant. Uh, and then, but the, the big big news for this, which I thought was pretty cool actually, was that they're going to do this thing called One Tamriel, which is they're removing. Uh, rem- Moving the level restrictions in Elder Scrolls Online, which means no longer are you sort of stuck in a certain area due to your level, or only able to party up with other people at a similar level. All of that has gone, and it's going to be like Skyrim in the way that enemies will scale to your level, and you'll be able to go anywhere in Tamriel at any time from the immediately you start that game. Which is the first time that they they were saying this anyway. The first time that's ever happened in an MMO. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty cool. I think that's kind of a that's kind of interesting I mean what yes. do you guys think about
1: that I mean the thing about auto leveling enemies and, and scaling enemies and matching them to the player level and it's like I know it's, it used to be a big kind of controversy in RPG sort of player circles because a lot of people don't like it because one of the one of the appeals of an RPG is that you can go to an area get your ass handed to you not go back there for 20 levels, and then come back and take your brutal revenge on now horribly underpowered enemies compared to your godlike powers. And that's a big appeal of like the RPG genre. I can see it from the other's point of view of, as a designer, which is that you know, like once you have, if you think back to the old RPGs where you really could go and get yourself way in over your head and end up in areas that were much too late game for you at your current um, level of ability... You could lose saves to that. You could end up with like a save game in the middle of an area that you couldn't get out of without getting slaughtered again and again and again. Um, it was a problem, and so I can sort of see why you do it. It's it's a really difficult design decision, I think, when you have to make that, and they've decided to go that way with it, and, and maybe that's a good idea, but I don't know. It's hard. I don't, honestly, I, I couldn't say one way or the other. If it's done right, it's, it's fine, but it can be very bland. It
0: can make for a very one note kind of experience. That's fair. No, that's, that's, no that's, that's the other side of that coin and that's a valid take on it. Richard, do you, any shits given in Richard's camp? No, I mean just going back to
2: what Adam said earlier about Elder Scrolls in general um, he, he's just said that the, that sort of, sort of design sounds bland but for me the overall world design is pretty bland in itself mm-hmm. so it's not one that draws me in I did play Oblivion
0: to death but I felt like that was enough for me and I, I never bought a good Skyrim. I can't see me buying another one. Fair enough. Talking about that though, talking about their big RPGs, the next piece of news which was interesting was that Bethesda are bringing both Fallout 4 and Doom to VR and they're bringing um, Fallout to the Vive um, next mm. year, which is kind of like that's pretty big. Uh, when, I, when this news got announced uh, and I was on Twitter watching it, um, I saw a lot of the VR evangelists and the dev you know, the developers, that's other guys we follow on the on the BXB account, really being pissed off about this. Saying that, you know, retrofitting VR to establish games that weren't designed with that in mind to start with is a big mistake and because the games, when played in VR, will not be very good. They won't work as well. It will not give a good VR um, experience to people. And getting, you know, in their typical high and mighty attitude about it, you know, know, getting a bit defensive and stuff. My response to one of them was that, well, think about how retrofitting 3D to films got 3D in front of more people, got more people to buy 3D TVs, got more people to adopt 3D. Isn't that what you want? from VR, isn't it? Like you want people to pick up VR because they've heard of Doom or Fallout and gone, oh I wouldn't mind trying that in VR, buy the VR headset, get that home, and yeah, maybe that experience won't be the best, but then they've got the hardware and they can play the good VR experiences.
2: Uh, I don't know, I'm not sure the analogy works because um, some of the best examples for 3D for me are ones where it has been retrofitted, like Top Burn 3D is amazing, you wouldn't think it would be, but <laughs> it's one of the best 3D films you can get. Um, I don't think the same logic would apply to putting um, all the functionality and uh, intricate design of an interactive world in a different um, sort of medium, if you like. Completely different. It's, it's not the same thing to to interact in a virtual reality experience as it is to just watch a TV. Because uh, what's, no,
1: what's interesting about the retrofitting of films is that actually, in some ways, that's exactly what you want from a 3D film because what you get is a film that wasn't made for 3D but just happens to be in 3D and so isn't full of characters inexplicably pointing directly at the camera. Yeah, yeah. Things flying at you. It just becomes a kind of cool added layer to the experience. Whereas with VR, I think you probably do want the sort of equivalent of the finger at the camera. You do want a game that's been built to take advantages of VR and designed to and also to take advantage to, to avoid the limitations of VR like I don't know, I mean people tell me that if you play on a VR set for more than about an hour even the sort of strongest um, stomached people do start to feel quite nauseous and so Fallout 4, you know Fallout 4 is not a short session game mm. it seems an odd fit but
0: I, I got I got shouted down a lot for that analogy as well on twitter and i think one of the main problems was that uh, well you know 3d failed and uh, i don't mm-hmm. think the vr that well. i don't think the vr guys like to be like to be told that it might fail uh, because the people that love vr love vr and um, from my experiences on it it's all right um, but uh, you know and I, I think you guys are completely correct of course as well I was I was being a bit facetious and I was being like you know argumentative for the sake of it to get a rise out of people a little bit online um, but of course the big element for me would be you know the control aspect that in a, in a VR game if it was Fallout you know it's designed for WASDA controls and a mouse or a controller it's not designed for motion controllers so they're going to have to make all that retrofit all of that into the game otherwise it's going to be a half assed experience um, so yeah yeah it's it's an interesting announcement and I, I'd be very interested to see how you know it's you know how it's going with hands-on and stuff and there is hands-on, hands-on happening at e3 right now so perhaps there'll be some write-ups about that shortly and we'll uh, get an idea of what's going on uh, and after that but there's to closed out the show with dishonored 2 and I'm happy to go to anybody else about this because I didn't love dishonored and dishonored 2 looks a lot like a current gen version of Dishonored and it doesn't really interest me in the slightest. So, either of you guys uh, excited
2: about Dishonored? I uh, wish I was. I really wanted to like Dishonored. So did I. So did I. Yeah. The, the visual style is so unique. It just. It, uh, I don't know. You know, remember yeah. in the 80s and 90s where you could look at a game and think, well, that's French? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It, 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 it has that sort of vibe to me. It looks, oh, that's a continental looking
0: game. Well, the art style of Dishonored is fat hands. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: but Dishonored had a really interesting world built around it as well. There was this all yeah. this idea of like the whales and, and all that kind of stuff. It was it was really nice, but I, I agree with Richard very much. Like I really really wanted to like it. I think the thing for me was it was doing that kind of Deus Ex stealthy kind of you know mixed up. Op- you can go violent, you can go stealthy kind of op- uh, options. But then it gave you the ability to just invisibly teleport at pretty much will throughout the entire game. And that sort of... I found it just robbed my every achievement of any feeling of, like, I'd earned it. Like, it felt like the player power um, suite that you're working with was so insanely good. And then you get the rat power, and you can just basically point at people and wish them dead, and they just die. And it just seemed too much. So I think that's possibly why I lost interest in it. Dishonored 2 looked really nice, but yeah, like you said, it just looked like a looked like a nice Dishonored too but fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I play it, I guess, but like you said, the world they built was unique, though not necessarily appealing. It it wasn't a world I necessarily wanted to be in. It was um, oppressive and yeah, very. Oh no, I loved all that. that.
1: I loved the sort of dark noirish kind of misery of the town. Yeah, that reminded obviously. me
0: of Thief a bit actually.
1: A bit. Of Thief. Yeah, yeah, he had that real kind of. Mm. Steampunk, London, plague overtones to it all. I, I really liked all of that. I wished it had a slightly more. I don't know, because even the game was engaging, but somehow you just you just didn't feel compelled. Like you'd come home from work and you'd think, oh no, I'll play something else. And then you, yeah. after a week, you'd be like, oh, I can't remember what I was doing in it, and you've just lost. Yeah. It
0: there are clearly, though, are a great deal of fans for this series. Uh, the reaction to this announcement is just, you know, hugely hyped for a lot of people. Um, I was watching it on Twitter, loads of people just freaking out about it. And I'm like, eh, you know, Dishonored, there it is. Which it was it was a solid way of finishing the show for Bethesda. Um, you know, it was it's probably their most anticipated game of this year, uh, and it's it's not that it's not that far off, is it? No, it's November. Um, so you know, that's that's coming up. That's coming. Up. Anyway. So that was the end of uh, day zero of E3, if you like, um, the Sunday. That was the first two conferences, and then yesterday we had the, the, the second lot, which was three conferences. Starting off with our big Microsoft one for us, because we used to be, yeah, we used to be an Xbox website, no secret. So we're always excited to see what Microsoft does. And uh, well, they didn't fuck around, did they? They didn't they, fuck they, around. They came out of the straight out of the gate. It had been leaked the day before, but I was hesitant to report it because of the source. It was a gaff thread, and it was quite possibly could have been faked. So I didn't report it on BXB until it was confirmed. But yeah, we're going to have a hardware revision, and it's going to be with us in August, and it's called the Xbox One S, and uh, it's going to have it's three flavors of hard drive, um, and basically it's the the best flavor, the limited edition flavor will be a two terabyte hard drive in this box. It's redesigned. It's 40% smaller. It's white. It's going to have a stand, so you can put it up vertical. Um, They've taken out the dedicated connect port, but you can get a USB adapter for it. Uh, other than that, all the ports are the same, though they've been moved around a little bit. It's got an IR blaster on the front, so it can directly uh, manipulate your things like your TV and your sound system, if you wish. But it doesn't have a microphone, which is weird for me. If you're going to put an IR blaster in there and give it half the connect functionality, you might as well have done that. But hey, and it comes with a redesigned controller, which has got Bluetooth in it, which is the, actually the only change, as far as I can tell. Um, so it can t- talk directly um, to a Windows 10 machine without needing an adapter. So uh, yeah, I mean, and did I miss anything, guys? I think I pretty much nailed it. It It looks sexy. Power block as well. It looks great. Oh, that's right. Yes, no more external power block. Yes, which is quite a big deal actually. Yeah, and it looks really nice. Um, There's some videos floating around of Major Nelson putting a shell of an original Xbox down over it, which gives you a really good idea of the difference in size Mm. and uh, space it takes up. It really is a lot smaller. It's pretty dinky. Yeah, and it's August, um, which is just around the corner a couple of months from now. And I want one. I don't do. I beyond really beyond want all one. sense and reason,
2: yeah. I want
1: one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. Adam, now, as someone you don't own an Xbox One...
1: Well, yes. Adam's
0: ...making you want to buy an Xbox One. It did. One. It did for precisely 40 minutes, and then... <laughs> utterly.
1: There may have been an
0: announcement at the end of the Microsoft show... That could have changed your opinion about picking up this hardware. Yes. Which, uh, I which we will get to. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, let, I think this redesigned unit, though, uh, it's replacing. See, some people are thinking. Some people, when this was announced, oh, it's going to be this SKU and that SKU and then this thing that's happening maybe next year. I mean, what does that mean? No, it's replacing the existing hardware entirely, uh, which is going to be discontinued, taken off the market, and so this new Xbox One S is going to be the default. Entry level. So, like I was talking about the hard drive sizes, you're going to have. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to talk in pounds because we're British. Um, so basically, it's 350 for the two two terabyte drive, 300 for the one terabyte drive, and 250 for the 500 gigabyte drive. The two terabyte drive is only going to be available for a short amount of time at the sort of start of the of the launch and stuff. Did I get all that right? I think I did. I'm doing it from memory, and remember, my memory's fucked right now. So, um, the thing
1: I most enjoyed about this uh, the, the Xbox One S uh, model was that the Connect needs an adapter now, which really does mean Microsoft have abandoned that <laughs> yeah. that is their
0: they've on. kept the HDMI in but mm-hmm. removed the Connect connector port, yeah. which is an odd choice to me <coughs> I, I, I feel like that's wrong way around, really but hey, okay I'm sure that's just down to the space in the box, though,
2: right? Because the Connect socket is huge.
0: Well, you know, like in, um, it is, but yeah, I don't think it, so.
2: You know, in movies where someone unplugs a massive, like, like in Ghostbusters or something. You know, when they unplug the Ghostbusters machine and it's all big wires and it's like <laughs> that pulling
0: Connect out. It is. That's true. It is. a, a heavy thing. But they've said they're going to sell an adapter for it. You know, that like for a mm-hmm. few few extra pounds. So if you who the fuck's gonna buy that? Nobody. nobody exactly. Did. So look, let me let me tell you why I'm gonna buy an Xbox. I, I I'm in a household. I have two Xbox Ones. I've got an old launch one and a new and a new one. I will trade in my old launch one and I'll get an S, which will place where my new one is, and my new the newer version of the the original one will go to where the launch one was. And when the certain thing that happens next year happens, I will then get rid of the previous old one. So it's like you know, <coughs> it's, a, it's a life cycle for me, Richard. I have reasons. I've got my reasons. own reasons. Um, I've, I've We're not just I've, insane, are we, Richard? Are we just? No, insane? no, no.
2: There is a reason. There is logic behind it. I and mean, I've got only one Xbox One at the moment, but that's through necessity. I don't have space for it in the bedroom because it doesn't stand on its side. Thankfully, the new one does. So I can put an uh, Xbox One S behind my TV upstairs in the bedroom. Keep my original Xbox
0: where it is for the minute until the new one comes out. Perfect. There we go. Uh, Let's move on, though, because, I mean, that was a great way to start the show, wasn't it? I mean, wow, hardware announcement.
1: It was good. It was a strong start. Yeah.
0: So then we got into uh, Gears of War. And, you know, Gears of War 4, it looks like Gears of War. It plays like Gears of War. It's a pretty version of the Gears of War, you know. Um, You're either really into that or you're not. I'm I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, I enjoy Gears of War. I'll play Gears of War 4. Uh, It's coming out in October. You know, they confirmed Horde mode. They showed off some co-op gameplay. Uh, and then they went, oh, it's Marcus Phoenix! He's in it. Well, of course Marcus Phoenix is fucking in it. You're not going to get a Gears of War game <laughs> without Marcus Phoenix, in some form, are you? Um, and then they showed off. I thought this was weird. Then they did it. They ran a video package of a Gears of War custom Elite controller. Yeah. And it, and it just it looked, looked awesome. It just looked ugly. What no, mean? I loved it. I thought it was really good. <laughs> fucking hell, <my laughs> man. Seriously? I mean, I didn't mind the damage and the scratching. What I really disliked, though, were the etched-in gun icons on the D-pad. No, that was my favourite bit. Oh, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, next, you'll be telling me you're going to get a Call of Duty fucking Xbox One with the fucking ugly paint job that had. Jesus Christ! Oh, mate, no, no, no. The I'm idea not, of I'm like. I'm not going to buy one. I just thought. No, really. you just thought it looked cool. <laughs> I thought that. <laughs>
1: The one thing I thought about the controller is that it seemed to continue the theme of uh, Microsoft announcing cool hardware and then making it kind of worthless about 20 minutes later. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because they
0: announced a cooler controller <laughs> shortly after. Yes, they did indeed. Um, then we had, a, we had a quick moment. I'm just going to shout if you guys want to talk in more depth about some of these things, but I'm, I'm going to move a bit of speed yeah, uh, yes, if yes. I'm aware of the time. Um, Killer, Killer Instinct, we had a moment with that it's a super popular fighting game they said on the Xbox One the most popular, I can't think of another proper fighting game on Xbox One but okay um, it's better than the rest of them I guess um, and Just adding- really
1: quickly to find out if I was completely off base with this one did everyone else think Killer Instinct looked absolute garbage?
0: Killer Instinct um, is an amazing game I thought it was
1: no, the good. worst video but of that trailer, I thought it was the worst trailer yeah. of the entire show
2: it, it wasn't was, a good it trailer. It wasn't right. a terrible trailer, but... Um, I don't know, I think you can kind of forgive Killer Instinct a lot in terms of its visuals because it was a release game. I know they've upgraded it a
0: bit since then, but mm. it plays so well. It really is a very I've good game. It. Uh Also, the addition of Ram, the probably the least liked character from Gears of War into Killer Instinct did nothing for me. Like I was just like, uh, Ram, whatever. Who cares? Um, but then we did have a big announcement after this. And it looked gorgeous, and it was already leaked. Pretty much most of this was leaked, actually, before the show. But um, we had Forza Horizon 3 set in Australia looking sexy as fuck. Like, seriously. It's amazing, right? I mean, that's the game you buy a new TV for. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was interesting as well. And the setup they had, they had a guy running on uh, a regular Xbox One. They had a guy running, uh, somebody running on the Xbox One S. They had a guy running on the PC, uh, and you know, and I think they had somebody running on like a high-end, you know, PC driving rig setup as well. And then they were all cross-platform able to play with each other mm. uh, with like a drop-in multiplayer, like seamlessly. Nice. Really, I think that's really cool. And I, I'll sort of jump to this now the Play Anywhere aspect of Microsoft's conference was a huge element. Basically, every game yep. they showed um, is going to be available on Xbox and Windows 10. Um, and basically, they also said that if you like buy it on one, or buy it on Xbox, I'm not sure if it counts if you buy it on PC, but if you buy it on Xbox, you get the PC version as well. Um, much like Sony's initiative with you know the way they do things with the Vita versions of PS4 games and stuff like that. But I think it's even more important on PC because Microsoft are really... Going for that PC market again, hard uh, with the current setup of Xbox. And they also announced actually that the Xbox exclusive games that have already come out will be coming to PC and will also be part of this initiative. So you're going to basically get any any of these games will be like on PC as well for you, which uh, makes me want to buy a, a better you know a better computer, a better PC, because I think that's a really cool feature. So, um, what did you guys think about all that? Because it was a big part of the show. It kept coming up, didn't it?
2: No, I'll about that because I bought Oxen Free on my Surface Pro and it doesn't fucking work. So, if I get it free <laughs> on Xbox One, then great. I can play that, finally. <laughs> Why did you buy it on the fucking <laughs> Surface? Because there was a review think? that said, this game runs really well on Surface Pro 3. Um, no, don't. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just don't. Yeah, so I, I contacted the... Who made it. Whoever made it, I contacted them and said this game don't work. That review went right, so I know that's not your fault. But can you give me the Xbox One? And they didn't reply. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're not missing out much. It was alright. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was like Forza Horizon showing off, like, showing all that multiplayer, drop in, drop out. this games. Forza Horizon 2 is one of my all-time favourite racing games. It's pretty much perfect. Um, cool. So I think yeah, three great setting, great choice of location. The cars look lovely. Yeah, Microsoft, they know how to show racing games. Oh, they, they yeah. do it so well. Um, this,
2: this got me proper pumped. Because you know, with Forza games, particularly in the, the normal stable of Forza series, you know what you're going to get every year or every couple of years. It's, it's going to look slightly better. But for, Forza Horizon 3 just felt to me like this is a completely new game, having put a lot of time into Forza two, uh, Forza Horizon 2. This felt like something that I would get a lot from, even having spent lots of time with the franchise before. Completely new environments, lots of new different types of driving experiences, um, and all that cross-platform stuff. It just means it's going to be a really rich multiplayer cool. experience all over again.
1: Yep. Especially when they're showing you know, like dune buggies racing around on beaches and stuff. Like,
2: yeah, wow. doing That's flips like... over dunes. That was
0: amazing. This is
2: a
1: really
0: unique thing. Plus they mm. show it quick. Quickly, what are those? You know, crazy. I forget what they call those races in Horizon when you're racing something that's not a car. But they showed you racing a fighter plane. I was like, "Yep, I'm in. <laughs> I'm so in." Um, but yeah, that's out uh, end of September. So not that long. Not that long at all. Uh, after that, we got a pretty long demo of Recore, which mm. looks like it's going to be be a, a pretty fun character-driven, you know, 3D platform. Uh, adventure game in the mould we do not see that much anymore, and it's coming um, middle of September, and it's going to be kind of budget priced. It's only going to be about thirty pounds, mm. is what I've heard. So um, I don't know if that's a bad sign for that game or a good sign. Maybe it means they want to get it into more people's hands because it's a new IP and they want to make it more appealing. Maybe there's fuck all to it. But mm-hmm. what did you guys? What did you guys think of that? I thought it looked. Well,
2: really cool. I wasn't convinced. There were a few um, late '90s style. Horrible 3D jumping sections.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I don't know, it just looked a little bit clunky in
1: places. So I don't know. What do you think, Adam? Well, I thought, the main thing I thought was, and I i don't know much, like, if there's been previews and stuff where they've talked about the world that it's set in or, or what's going on in that video, because it's kind of, again, it's one of those games where you look at it and you go, I'm not really sure what this is. Like, I get yeah. that you're in a third person action environment and you've got this kind of robot dog. It looks like you're in a kind of robotic ecosystem, and if that's the case, I'm afraid Sony absolutely tracks <laughs> very, very yes. hard. Um, and, and I felt I couldn't really, like, after the fact, when I was making my notes, I just couldn't get away from, I'm going to rave quite uh, positively about the game that Sony showed. I that's, thought a, it that's a really sad Yeah. And after that, you look at Recall and you go, oh, it's, it's like the budget version of that. Oh, dear. <laughs> Yeah, ah, I agree
2: well with that. I think it felt like there were a few different components knocking around in record. None of them seemed to stand out in, in of themselves, and I couldn't see how they quite gelled into a, a cohesive experience. So uh, we'll see. We'll see yeah. what what comes out of that. But I'm not convinced at the moment.
0: After that, we got what I can only describe as a final F- final Fantasy 15 boss fight in which a guy, which had three people hit a large hand repeatedly. And the, I basically uh, nodded off during yeah, that. This, this was, was the trash.
2: absolute nadir of Xbox of, of the Xbox show. What a dog shit show.
1: This was trash. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful, it's just, it? just so bad.
0: It, it's it, was so bad. That. It's so bad I can't even find any video of that online. I mean it's like nobody even bothered to capture it.
2: It was I, just I don't like understand oh. what they thought they were showing. I mean,
0: no, I don't get it. Final
2: Fantasy is known for style over substance, so it should at least have looked good. But there was no real flow to the combat. It was just an arm glitching through floor for four minutes.
0: <laughs> it was, That's it was about,
1: about the size of it, yeah.
0: I don't, I'm not a Final Fantasy fan on a good day, and that was not a good day. Um, so yeah, we'll just we'll just yep, yeah, moving on. Um, we got some Division DLC stuff now, uh, basically reiterating that they've got that, the deal with Microsoft in place, which means the DLC comes a month early, uh, which is actually um, the first part of the DLC plan is coming out you know, end of the month. Uh, and then they also showed off, um, actually, am I getting this right or wrong? They show the new, yeah, they did show the new Survival DLC at this conference, didn't they? Anyone? Don't
2: remember. Mm, I don't know, I kind of zoned out on... Uh, Division because I don't play it. Yeah, uh, it
0: I, can't, I can't remember. But uh, basically, uh, either at this or at the Ubisoft show, they they showed off um, the, the sort of the second piece of DLC with no date or anything. But you know, it, look, it looks alright. But I mean, the one thing that was worth taking away from this new DLC is that they're going to have randomly generated missions. Um, which I think is a pretty smart move, which means there'll be added replayability uh, and variety, which is something the Division could definitely do with. Um, So, yeah, we'll see how that works, though. But in other stories that are worth just flying through here, uh, Battlefield 1 had a showing. It was pretty much much exactly the same as EA's demo. The only thing they pointed out was if you're an EA Access person, you get the game, which equates like eight days early on EA Access, or at least you get to play it for a while uh, early, which is nice. Uh, And then they had a little bit where the the Xbox Live guy came out and went, hey, new stuff is coming, background music. And I just sort of went, eh, don't, eh, okay, cool. Uh, And then he said, we're going to do these things that sound like we're trying to bring kind of clan-type gaming to the Xbox and bake it in with this thing with, like, clubs and the ability to find groups. Uh, And I was just thinking to myself, like what Sony has with their... They have groups, don't they, in the friends list on the PlayStation? And I was just sort of like, yeah. I'm I, surprised don't. you're not down on that because I, I thought much. I thought it sounded really good. What, what, I mean, what, oh, okay, well, it was a little bit vague. What did you take away from it? Like, what made you interested in clubs and groups? Okay, well, the clubs is, like,
2: what like you say, it's exactly what PlayStation 4's got in terms of the communities you can set up for any particular yeah. game or. Well, you can but set we've up got, We've got, we've got
0: a BXB one. We've
2: got like BXB one on PlayStation. I can't yeah. say I've used it because I don't use my PlayStation. But the, um, the idea of having one of those on Xbox appeals, I wouldn't mind that. That would be quite cool. The most interesting thing for me was the um, Find Groups feature, which sounds like the beacons of old on Xbox 360, but that was only to say to your friends, I want to play this game, I want to play that game, and you could list three games that you wanted to play. This feels like it's much more open to the Xbox Live community at large. So if I want to dip into a game that all my friends have moved on from long since... um, then I can do that. I can, I can find strangers that want to do the same thing as me and uh, make some new friends. And that is really appealing for someone who doesn't have time to engage on Xbox Live like regularly at specific points in the week. It's hard for me to build up a regular schedule of playing with certain people. So if I can dip in and find someone to do something that I want to do a specific game with, then that's that's a great feature for people like me.
0: All right, and then uh, the final kind of uh, part of this announcement was uh, Arena, which is sounds like they're trying to baking a bit of esportsiness into the Xbox with this, like a tournament feature that will be sort of supported, you know, more or less by developers, depending on what they want to do with their game. Um, but, yeah, it just sounds to me like they're trying to get more of an organized competitive scene going on the Xbox with that one. Um, mm. And as someone who that doesn't appeal to in the slightest, I kind of glazed over a little bit. But, hey, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are going to be interested in that, so that, that that's kind of cool. And all of that stuff is coming in the summer. So uh, that probably means people in the preview uh, program such as me and you, Richard, will probably have a, an ability to try that out. Yeah, before long, I would think. So not long.